0: on this week's eastern conference edition of the locked on nhl podcast our eastern conference previews continue with the florida panthers the boston bruins the detroit red wings and montreal Canadiens.
1: you're locked on nhl your daily podcast on the national hockey league part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Welcome to another edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Today's Wednesday, September 27th, and we want to remind you to like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. You can find Locked On NHL on YouTube. We also have local experts on the biggest stories five days a week, your favorite team. So go make sure you subscribe to Locked On Maple Leafs where my co-host, Mike DiStefano, applies his trade. You can follow me at Ross Levitan with Locked On Senators. Mike, our two teams just had back-to-back preseason games. Not much of a battle of Ontario. The Sens take both.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Come on. The, the, the last game went to overtime. You're going to tell me there wasn't a battle. Um, yeah, I guess hats off to you. You won a couple of preseason games. We'll see once the puck drops where everything shakes out. I think I have a little more confidence in my club and uh, the success they're about to have this season than, than yours. I'll say this, though, and, and this is maybe a PSA to, you know, all the fan bases, everyone out there listening. Don't be upset if your team loses a preseason game. A, they mean jack. Like, they, they do not matter whatsoever. But often, and, and and this is more so the reason, you know, when, when these guys are playing preseason games, first and foremost – I mean, you got a bunch of AHLers and rookies playing, you know, sometimes they will have a stacked lineup on one team versus a, you know, a, a rookie or a minor centric lineup on another. So like the prosper or the roster disparity sometimes can be, can be big and that could be a reason for a loss. So don't be upset if that is the case, but ultimately the, what the, a lot of these coaches like to do in preseason is they like to put guys in, you know, some uncomfortable positions, positions that they wouldn't normally be in and basically see, like, can they handle this? You know, like a guy who typically um, isn't known as as a you know stellar defensive player. Maybe they play them a little more in the defensive end just to see, OK, let's get some tape. Let's get some film. Let's see what the habits look like. And then maybe we can try and coach it out of them or tell them, OK, this is where you should be. This is how you correct this. So. You know when a team loses, like I got swarmed in the comment section uh, on our Monday or Tuesday episode of Lockdown Leafs because we were being coming across apparently as apologists for the Maple Leafs because the result didn't matter to us. The fact that they lost, I mean they the Leafs outshot Ottawa like 31 to four or 31 to eight in the last two periods. Like, look, the process is more important than the result. And people are just like, Oh, but a loss, is a loss. Of course you always lose games. And, and, you know, I can't believe that you have an excuse for these bums. I'm like, it's preseason, man. Like the games don't matter. And oftentimes, you know, it's just guys getting their legs underneath them and trying different things, trying to build chemistry these games truly do not matter. So if your team is out there and they've lost a game or two in preseason, don't don't fret, don't sweat, don't lose sleep over it. It really does not matter. It's just a chance for guys to get their legs under them and for coaches to just, you know, get a look and, you know, put some guys in some different situations and see what they're all about.
0: That's a good PSA. Obviously, I say my my piece there at the top tongue in cheek, but it's all about watching your favorite players do well and hoping to see the up and coming players also show off like uh, your boy Easton Cowan who I thought was one of the best players on the ice in that Monday game sends and leaves for more on those games though check us out Locked On Senders Locked On Maple Leafs because this is a continuation of our season previews on Locked On NHL we're going to have local experts on this as well uh, next week I believe Mike and I are going to sit down and weave through. We've got season previews with each host where we're going to ask them questions, five to ten minute segments, and you'll be able to be all fired up, not only for your season, but for your fantasy hockey draft as well. Those are all coming across the tube. And we've got Steel Roden flips Flip Livingstone as well, Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. So go check them out wherever you get your podcast, including on YouTube. Mikey, I think we should start with the Boston Bruins. I mean, I'd say they earned it. Based on their play last season, a historic regular season, and well, they scratched and were were scratched and clawed by the Cats in the uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Like how how would you summarize the Bruins last season, and how do you think they're going to carry, if any, momentum into this year?
1: Disappointing, I guess, has to be the word you know that that I'm going to use. We want to use a little word association Wednesday. You know, I think the disappointment has to be the the one that you'll use there because you know they had a historic regular season. They were the greatest regular season team in history based off of you know the wins and the points and whatnot. Uh, and then just to to come up short in the playoffs by losing uh, when you had a lead, you had a lead in, in that series and you lost to the Florida Panthers who just snuck in. Uh, it was definitely disappointing. And then. You know, it, it it got a little worse later on in the summer when you found out that your captain and, and you know, star forward, Patrice Bergeron, was going to hang up the skates and retire. David Krejci, his longtime friend, kind of joins him uh, in retirement. And now you're sitting here for the Boston Bruins, and you're thinking to yourself, was last year, you know, that final, you know, opportunity for us to win a championship with that core? And I'm, I'm curious to see how this year is going to, kind of turn out for them because it's, you know, not as good a team. I think everybody looks at it and says Pablo Zaka doesn't necessarily scream first line center, Charlie Coyle, Morgan Geeky. Like these are the the, the three centermen they have down the middle. And that's a, a far cry from what they had a season ago. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they're going to be able to do. I know they brought in, you know, James Van Riemsdyk. They brought in that Geeky kid. Milan Lucic is back. Um, But ultimately, I still look at this group and I say, man, I don't see them being a shade of what they were a year ago, and they're going to be scratched and clawed to make the playoffs this year coming off a season where they were the best team ever. So uh, my
0: immediate reaction is very similar to that. But then I look deeper. They still had David Pasternak, who scored 60 plus goals. They still have the reigning Vesna Trophy winner in Linus Allmark. They still have the reigning coach of the year in Jim Montgomery. I just feel like there's so much skill around them. They still have a number one defenseman in Charlie McAvoy, a top defenseman on any team in the league. And Hampus Lindholm is one of the best all around defensemen. So it just feels like even though, yeah, strength down the middle is how most NHL teams are built. So now that is clearly not the strength of the Boston Bruins. Like, I don't think that I'm as high on them as FanDuel is. FanDuel has them as the eighth, best odds to win the Stanley cup this year, Mikey.
1: Yeah. And they got them, um, which is kind of surprising. I would say for sure. Uh, I'm looking at a couple of the teams that they have, um, you know, uh, behind them who I probably would feel more comfortable betting on them. I think their time is, is, is over. Like I, I I thought last year they were going to take a step back and they didn't, they actually turned out to be a pretty great team. Uh, But I think this is finally the year that we see the Boston Bruins start to fall off here, especially with the way that the conference and the division has strengthened. Um, You know, the the, the Red Wings are going to get some more points, the Buffalo Sabres and your Ottawa Senators are going to pick up some points. And I think a lot of those points will be up for grabs in those games. Um, that weren't last year with the Bruins being so stellar. So I think they're going to be a dogfight. Could they make the playoffs? Sure. It's not going to surprise me if they make the playoffs. I'm not saying if they're not a playoff team if they don't have you know, the the talent or the roster to, to make a playoff push. But do I see them as cup contenders like they have been for the last decade plus? That's where I think they've fallen out of that conversation with the offseason losses. Who's the X
0: factor to you on the Boston Bruins?
1: The X factor... I mean, it's in what way? Because ultimately, I think you could look at it and be like, David Pasternak could put this team on his back and be an X factor. At the same time, you know, I I think Pavel Zaka, if he can, if he can take a next step, like this is a top ten pick. People forget years ago with the Devils, but if he could take that next step and you know be a top talent, uh, maybe he could actually. Replace some of what they're losing, uh, you know, with with Bergeron and and Krejci. Obviously, he's not going to be them. That's very clear. But if he could be a little bit better of a player, uh, maybe you know that'll be good enough for them to to be a playoff team. So maybe Pavel Zaka could be uh, that X factor
0: for them. I was a little surprised that they didn't make a move from a position of strength, which is goaltending, and go get a centerman this offseason. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it seemed like there's a lot of chatter about them and, and potentially people linking, you know, either Swayman or Allmark with one of the centers that were out there potentially via trade. And I know like you're a guy who's out in Winnipeg and and you know, Shifley and Dubois were two guys who were kind of on the block and two centermen that could be had. And if they're gonna move on from hella block, you bring in, you know, another goaltender. So I know that there was always you know, that link there, and there's some other centermen around the NHL. Elias Lindholm was another one who uh, was frequently brought up throughout the offseason as a potential target for the Boston Bruins, but they didn't end up making any moves. Uh, I, 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 there's still time to get a deal done and, and to bolster that center core, that center group, if they still plan on, uh, you know, being as competitive as they can be. But as it stands right now, you know, it looks like they're they're in camp with the group they have. You got a new man with the captaincy and Brad Marchand, and uh, we'll see what what the Bruins can do. Finally, with the Bruins, do you have them in or out of the playoffs? <sighs> this
0: might be the hardest team to project.
1: I I I I I think they missed the playoffs. Like I I know it's crazy when you look at the team and and how many wins they had last year and how many points and you know projecting could they really be a forty point less team like yeah i think they can like i think they got really lucky last year they got hot and you know i i just think that this season it's not going to go their way as much as it did last year like it is possible that they could drop 40 more points um than they did a, a season ago so the way that that team has really or the way that the division has strengthened uh, i think that the bruins might be one of the teams that that fall out of it here
0: I'm going to say they're in. I just can't. I bet against them last year. It didn't go well. I think they're battling for that third or wild card, uh team with the team we're going to get to next, the Florida Panthers. But a reminder that Ian McLaren has you covered at Locked On Bruins five days a week, so make sure you go subscribe to Locked On Bruins for more on the historic team that was and what could be this upcoming season in Boston. All right, coming up next, we got the Cats, we got the Red Wings, and Canadians all next. You're listening to Locked on NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. New sponsor alert. Do you love convenience? Then go with DoorDash. DoorDash grocery delivery as well. You can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You burnt your last piece of toast? Is your avocados gone bad? I suffer from that each and every week. But the hot sauce bottle, when that's empty too, you got to get it all together with DoorDash. You can try grocery delivery there. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it. Right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash for years to get your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery as well. With thousands of stores to choose from, you'll get the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered. We'll make it just right. So sit back and get quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. You want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDON. Sorry, LOCKED at checkout. It's a limited time offer. Terms apply, that's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back, Locked On NHL, season preview for the Florida panthers the cats they earned their spot in the playoffs battling through the last half of the season and then
1: they made it all the
0: way to this to the conference final and then even beyond that where they well i don't think i want to remind cats how the stanley cup final went so that's why i went with the east final because that had to be the highlight of the season right the carolina hurricanes geographically kind of close former um Former uh, division rivals, but now, obviously, uh, they're separated. But, Mikey, this Cats team, they had a lot of injuries through that playoff run. Brandon Montour it seems like he's going to be ready to go, if not at the start of the season, soon after. Matthew Kachuk sounds like he's 100% healthy. And this this Cats team, I mean, there's, there's two X factors. It's can Matthew Kachuk repeat the MVP-like season that he had last year? And what Sergei Bobrovsky are we going to get?
1: Yeah, for me, I think it's Bobrovsky. Like, I I have full confidence that Kachuk is going to continue to be a pest and continue to be a a productive player, and you know, MVP type player like he was a season ago. I just think he's that good of a of a, of a player. But what are you going to get out of the goaltending position? What are you going to get from from Sergey Bobrovsky? Like, you know, you say they clawed their way into the playoffs last year. It wasn't because of Bobrovsky. It, it was a guy by the name of Alex Lyon, who's no longer even with the team, uh, who actually carried them into the playoffs and started for them in the first couple games of the playoffs before eventually going back to, to Bobrovsky. Who clearly got on a heater, a run, you know, dummied the the Maple Leafs, dummied um, the Carolina Hurricanes before kind of falling back to earth in that series against the uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights. Go ahead. It wasn't a sweep, though. What wasn't a sweep
0: against Carolina? Remember?
1: Oh yeah, no, nah, wasn't a sweep. If you watch the games, it wasn't a sweep. They lost four, but it wasn't a sweep. No, nah, 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 nah. yeah, what a comment! Uh- what a comment from Rod the Bod? Well, the uh, but goal-tetting is always going to be the question mark for me with them.
0: Well, with the Florida Panthers last year, what shocked me is how much offense they got from their back end. I was looking it up, and Boston had 39 goals from the blue line. Vegas had 36. Tampa had 33. Ottawa had 30. Toronto had 27. The Florida Panthers had 53
1: goals from their blue line last year. I mean, Montour had like, almost 80 points. It was insane the season yeah. that that guy had, and, which is crazy. funny because – Coming into the year, I famously predicted, um, one of my my hot takes, I guess, uh, bold predictions of last season was that the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers were going to miss the playoffs. And my reasoning was because I looked at that blue line at the beginning of the year and I said, outside of Aaron Ekblad, they got nothing. There's nothing else that is there. Well, Brandon Montour stepped up and he became a player. Uh, you had Gustav Forsling who became, you know, a top four guy for them. Racco has played a pretty good role uh, and Aaron Eckblad obviously was able to stay healthy for most of the season, which really helped them, you know, become the the team that they became. Mark Stahl was a serviceable player for them as well. So they ended up being all right defensively. And, and Montour is really the guy who I think made that, uh, made that all possible. But ultimately it, it this is a team that I think is also going to be very much just like last year, scraping and clawing at, right up until the end of the year to try and make a get into a playoff spot. Here, there's an opportunity for them to finish in the top three and then not have to worry about a wild card. But they're going to be a team right in that mix with the Buffaloes, the Detroits, the Boston's, kind of fighting for those final you know three spots, uh, third spot, and then even you know the crossover with the Metro. Once the wild card comes into and uh, into effect as well.
0: Yeah, I like what they did in the offseason in terms of bringing in some depth pieces. Evan Rodriguez, a guy I've been high on for a couple of years, almost had 40 points in under 70 games last year. They gave him a four year deal at three million dollars per their decor is in a state of transition. The only defenseman that they have signed beyond this upcoming season is Nico Mikola. That's it. Everyone else is a free agent after this season, whether it's restricted or unrestricted. And sorry, that is of the players who are um, who are healthy right now. They have they still have Ekblad on the injured reserve. He has two years left. But even Brandon Montour is going into the final year of his contract. So You have Montour, you have Forsling, both UFAs after this season. You brought in some some depth where it's basically like they brought in five guys and they only expect one or two of them to need to play. Right, like between Oliver ekman Larson, Mike Riley, Dmitry Kulikov, like you brought all those guys in. You're like, okay, one of them has to be able to, you know, either carry the weight or we'll keep rotating through a few of them. So th- this whole Florida Panthers preview comes down to one thing: it's what Sergei Bobrovsky. Are you going to get? Are you going to get the guy who had a 901 save percentage in the regular season, or the guy who had a 915 save percentage in the playoffs? If it's the former, they miss. If it's the latter, they're in. It's as simple as that for me.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, and, and it's a it's a scary thing to think about, especially if you're a Panthers fan, that your season's going to come down to who's been probably the most inconsistent goaltender on the planet in the last you know decade and a half, um, with good season, bad season, good season, bad season, and uh, while well, he's coming off of a Stanley Cup run, so if memory serves correct, that probably means a, a bad year might be coming up for old uh, Bobrovsky.
0: The Florida Panthers have a plus 2,000 odds to win the Stanley Cup with our friends over at FanDuel. That is the 11th best odds in the National Hockey League. I don't know if I like that one. I know you've got the uh, the team points totals. I've actually got them up here as well. Mm-hmm. Team points is 98.5. I will be taking the under, which okay. seems to be a more popular option. It's uh, minus 120 on the under, minus 106 above but there's no Alex Lyon to steal games down the stretch because Alex Lyon is with the Detroit Red Wings we're going to preview next we got Red Wings and Habs next you're listening to the season previews on the Locked On NHL podcast Welcome back, Locked On NHL Eastern Conference season previews. A reminder that you can follow the shows on Locked On NHL's channel. You can find Locked On Panthers with Armando Velez over at Locked On Florida Panthers. Okay, turning our attention to the Detroit Red Wings. Mikey, we got to make sure we're nice to these people because we we talked about Detroit over the summer. Obviously, Ottawa and Detroit have been getting into online mid-offs, we'll we'll call it, between the two clubs with the Debrinket trade and all of that. But um, I just don't think the team's ready. I'm not on the side where it's like, oh, wow, like the Iser plans a failure. I truly think they are on the right track. But they went out, and Eisenman pretty much did what Florida did in terms of bringing in veteran defensemen to bridge the gap. I mean, with Florida, it's more like let's let's figure it out. Whereas for Detroit, they have young defensemen coming, most notably Seaman Edvinson. But overall, like I think they're a year away from being in the mix with the Floridas, the the Boston's, the Buffaloes, even Ottawa. Like they're trying to make that that step. I think Detroit, if they miss the playoffs, it should not be considered a failure as long as the young kids are playing up to the standard and showing that they're taking the next step in their development.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think it's more likely they miss than make. So absolutely. It should not be seen as a failure. You just want to see that there's, you know, some steps that are being taken forward by, by some of the young guys that you mentioned, like the more Sider, can he bounce back and can he have another good season? Lucas Raymond, can he have a good year? Uh, You know, there's some other guys out there. Jonathan Bergeron is a pretty talented player. Who's going to get an opportunity to play for this team uh, this season. And, you know, I, I I kind of did scratch my head a little bit at some of the additions that were made this offseason for this team. Like signing J.T. Comper to a long-term deal didn't make a whole lot of sense to me after they had already signed Andrew Cop last year, kind of similar dudes. Um, I That, that one was just kind of a, a head-scratcher. You know, they obviously brought in Justin Hall, who I'm very familiar with here in Toronto, bringing him in on a juicy... Uh, contract I thought was an interesting you know, play for uh, the Iser plan. And then they went and they brought uh, Jeff Petrie into the fold as well. We'll see if Jeff Petrie can um, kind of regain his form as uh, a legitimate top four NHLer. but it's been a couple of years and you know, the, uh, the wheels on that, uh, on that uh, car aren't quite uh, as new as they used to be. The tread's getting a little, uh, a little, you know, worn there. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what this group can do. Um, I am surprised, though, that they don't have Seaman Edmondson, um playing some meaningful minutes because they, and I think, and not mean like third pair minutes, like give them third pair minutes. Why you felt the need to go out and sign all of these, you know, journeymen slash third pair old defensemen as opposed to giving one of your young guys an opportunity in what's a year where you're looking to get some people to make the jump some of your prospects to make that jump is still kind of uh you know a curious move in my eyes but uh, you know it's, it's it's the eyes are playing it's i guess you got to just trust blindly right
0: yeah i mean they they they're in a situation now i think where they're happy with like i'm just i'm just concerned about the term that they gave these guys like you said like it's one thing to bring in veterans to you know keep the the ship Sailing while you're trying to get those high-end prospects in the lineup. I just didn't think they needed to commit three years to Justin Hall and three year, three more years they have for Ben Sherrod. And you know, even um I know they got the brinket for four years, and I'm not gonna open that can of worms, but uh Andrew Cop, I think would you probably want some more from him out of 5.625. He was average, I'd say, last year. And and you mentioned the JT Comfort, just the term that they were throwing out there. So uh, I don't really I don't really see them competing this year. I think a high pick wouldn't be the worst thing for them. Um, I know that the Red Wings fans are going to flood my mentions again and tell me how much of an idiot I am. That's all right. Um, I will say a guy who doesn't get enough shine, but who's a very good defenseman is Jake Wallman. And uh, I'm interested to see if he and Sider are going to be the, the pair long-term that can take this team back to, to relevance. Because, you know, they haven't won a playoff series since they moved back to the Eastern Conference, eh? They haven't made playoffs.
1: Yeah, well, they've been terrible the last few years, so that doesn't surprise me, I suppose. I'm just looking at their cap friendly right now. You know I completely forgot, signed with them this offseason? Who's that? James Reimer. James Reimer is the Detroit Red Wing, which means Alex Lyon. Probably not even going to be on an NHL roster to start the season. Uh, Considering how he ended last season, that's kind of wild.
0: It is very interesting. And then you look at uh, Billy huso who they bet on, and he's got two years left at 4.75. He needs to be better as well. He had games where he was just not good enough to win. So the Detroit Red Wings, I have them on the, w- on the outs uh, versus uh, in. Their uh, over-under is set at 86.5 points, and under is minus 106. Over is minus 120. So I'm going to sprinkle in on the under on that one. I have them out.
1: How about you? I had them out of the playoffs, but that's a good number at 86 and a half. Like I can see them hitting 87, 88 points. I, I might take a flyer on the over. Like they finished with what? 80 points a season ago. Um, I, I'm getting flashbacks though, unfortunately, because my Ottawa
0: senators had uh, their over under was 86 and a half last year. And they finished with 86.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it could happen, man. Well, Detroit. So Detroit lost their last four games of the regular season. If they would have won three of them they would have hit 86 so that would um, be 20 percent of their wins all season though (laughs) fair enough uh so (laughs) i'm gonna take the over just slightly though like i'm thinking 87 88 points max all right not a playoff team yeah and i want to be clear i'm not a math guy either that that
0: percentage points was probably not right on but our friends brian fisher and scotty bentley over at locked on red wings will keep you posted on everything you need to know with the detroit Red Wings. All right, wrapping up our season previews today with the Montreal Canadiens. Who better to preview the Montreal Canadiens than a Sens fan and a Leafs fan?
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe a Canadiens fan, but no one wants to hear from those people.
0: No, no, but you can if you want. Laura Saba and Scott Matla over at Locked On Canadiens. This is a team that I think needs another high-end pick. I think that should be the goal this season. They've got some really elite prospects, and some of them aren't even in the organization yet in uh, terms of Lane Hudson, a guy who I'm super high on. Uh, undersized defenseman, but has so much talent and so much skill. He's at Boston university. So I think Habs fans might be just as interested watching Boston university this year because Macklin Celebrini, a projected top three pick in this upcoming draft is there too. So um, the BU Canadians potentially um, I think a lot of Habs fans would be happy to hear that. But I think if you're the Canadians, like it's individual players versus team success this
1: year. Is that fair to say? yeah, like I, I think it's, uh, yes, where this is a group that they're still young and you still want to see guys taking steps. That said, like they kind of made some additions that make you think that they want to be a little bit more competitive, that it's not necessarily you know, an organization that that wants a first overall pick again. Um, like you think about going out and giving up draft picks to bring in Alex Newhook uh, and signing him to a, a long-term deal. You know, they just recently traded for Tanner Pearson to bring in a veteran, you know, top nine type of guy. They've ended up bringing back Sean Monahan. You know, so there are some moves that were made over the off season that make me think that this team still wants to be somewhat competitive. Um, but I guess we'll see. How good those guys can be. It's it's ultimately it, this is a playoff team. They're not ready to make that next step yet. But I think there's a lot of young talent on this squad. Like I think a full year. Hopefully, Uri Slikovsky can be healthy this season. He can put forward a, a pretty good uh, year after not being able to play a whole lot last year. I think you want to see a bit more out of Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. Uh, hopefully, he can stay healthy as well and, and he needs you know, to play Gally. a full season. Cole Caulfield
0: hasn't played a full season yet.
1: No, he hasn't, and you know which is unfortunate because he's such a an integral part of what that team is all about and how they have success. Like a dude can score goals, man. So when he's not on the ice and he's not uh, the threat that he needs to be for the Montreal Canadiens, they're going to suffer, and, and they have suffered the last couple of years when he's out of the lineup. So he certainly is going to have to try and stay healthy all season long because um, his progression is everything. Right. I think that he's the guy he got paid. um, He's someone who's going to have to start putting up goals left, right, and center for this team to, to be successful. Uh, But ultimately it's just going to be a, a, another year of growing pains. uh, But hopefully they have some young guys who could take the next step. And it's all about getting guys into the lineup
0: for an extended period of time, Mikey, because you look at what Montreal had last year. They had Nick Suzuki played all 82 games. Jonathan Kovacevic played 77. And nobody else played 70 or more games. Like, they were banged up all season long. And then Josh Anderson played 69. Mike Hoffman played 67. He's not even there anymore. But, like, their top-end guys, like Kirby Dock, played 58 games. You had um, – I'm just scrolling down. Mike Matheson only played 48 games. Cole Caulfield played 46. Caden Gooley played 44. These are important pieces of the team. Slavkowski, 39 games. They need these young players to get the proper reps – to be able to do it and like even guys who you want to flip at the deadline i know they got a first round pick to take sean monahan but when that guy's in the lineup he can be a very good player but can he be healthy enough where you can flip him at the deadline and get another pick for him he had 17 points in 25 games last year before being shut down for the rest of the season so a lot of question marks in
1: montreal you have them yeah. out of the playoffs i'd imagine I know 100% like if this team made the playoffs that like give Marty St. Louis, the coach of the year award like right now, this is not a playoff roster, not a playoff team. And if they can somehow, you know, put it together to get in, he definitely deserves it. Uh, Now, I I mean, this isn't a a team that's going to make the playoffs. I think they're, they're over under set at 71 and a half points, which is one of the lower uh, lowest ones in the entire NHL, uh, I believe. So uh, certainly within the Eastern conference, I probably would give them the over on that, though, just because it is, you know, such a low point total. How many points did they have last year, actually? Before I – 68. So, like, on par with what happened last year. And we just talked about the amount of players who they missed last season, and they made a couple of additions. So I think that they're probably three points better this year than they were last season. So I will take the over of 71.5, but just slightly over Okay, there you have it, the Montreal Canadiens season preview. Let us know in the
0: comments how you think we did in terms of projecting these teams. Do you have the Bruins, the Panthers, the Red Wings, Canadians in or out of the playoffs? We'll get into some of the answers next week as well as hear from our local experts on the biggest stories as we are only 13 days away from opening night of the NHL season. For more, follow Locked On NHL wherever you download your podcasts. We're also free and available on YouTube. For Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs, I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, and this has been another weekly Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day.